Hey, you're listening to the Slugger Craft Beverage Podcast, a weekly show with two dudes discussing booze and life and peppered with copious amounts of swearing. I'm John. My co-host Stephen and I are just regular beer lovers. We have great palates and plenty of knowledge, but we're not beer snobs. We're not going to fucking talk shit about beer. We're going to just talk about beer. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Slugger P. You can also reach out to us at jk.rtcbrew at gmail.com or sluggardpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, and welcome to the Sluggard Craft Beverage Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Stephen. And we are here to drink some beer. Well, actually, we're here to talk about beer more than even drink it this time. Yeah. But we are here today to rank the our top five overrated beer styles. Now, this is a different type of show, even than the what we're beer breweries were, were thankful for show we did once before. Because now we're getting to the nitty-gritty. We started to do overrated breweries, but it's too easy to just sit back and shit on people. And it's kind of mean-spirited. But it's fun. <laughs> but even, even some of the breweries I would put on there... I would really, I still, they still make a beer I really enjoy. And so I don't want to just put a brewery on blast that I actually do like some of their product. And so, yeah, they might be a little too popular for their own good, but I don't, I don't want to do that. But styles we can hit on because breweries need to hear that these styles, A, don't take any talent to make, or B, they just need to slow their roll on them a little bit. I just think the style, for what I wrote down, they're wasting their time. Fix better beer of better styles, and I will drink those. I actually agree that on some of these, they definitely are wasting their time. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm guilty of buying some of these styles, but that doesn't mean they're not overrated. Right. But we are drinking a beer while we talk about this shit. We are drinking an Icelandic beer. Of course. An Einstock Icelandic Arctic Pale Ale. And Einstock is like the big craft brewery in Iceland. It says, Brewed 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle, we balance three kinds of hops with pure Icelandic water to create an ale unlike any other. It can only be described as an Arctic pale ale, and it's truly one of a kind. Cascade hops give it American character, while Northern Brewer in Hellertel tradition, damn, I used to know how to say that, right? Add just enough bitterness to make this ale refreshingly Icelandic. And to make everything else pale in comparison. Ah, pale, get it? (laughs) Now, I've had a lot of beer by this brewery. They make pretty decent beer. Now, Icelandic beer is not going to light your world on fire. Actually, their their big mainstream lager, I loved. Hmm. It's called Gud. It's spelled uh, G-U-L-L, but it's pronounced like Gudl, I think is what it was. It means gold, but awesome. Loved it. I, I brought some back from the airport. Oh, I think my cousin's drank it before you got over there. Never mind. Uh, but anyway, it was very good. This brewery also makes very good beer. Every bar had something by Einstock in the in the bar. Hmm. I mean, every bar had all four they had. They only sell four different types? <laughs> no, I mean, there were only four bars. Oh, four bars. No, they, they had a lot of beer floating around there. That's not true. But... Uh, anyway, so I'm excited that we're going to get to drink this beer while we're talking about overrated beer styles. And Pale Ale is not on my list. No. Because Pale Ale is not overrated. Every brewery should make one because, it, A, it lets you play with your hop character a lot. 
And B, it just shows that you can make clean, quality beer. Right. This is a hazy beer. It is hazy. So, I mean, it's imported. So, I'm going I'm to give it a little slack. It smells very balanced. I'm not getting much hop on the, on the smell. I, I, I'm getting a little bit of hop. I don't get a lot of malt, actually. I'm, like, smelling the opposite of you. But I'm getting almost like a juice. Yeah, that's, that's from hop. No, like... Hops usually burst a bit more for me. It's like oh. orange juice. Well, it depends on the hop, Stephen. Oh, I'm There's sorry, Mr. Hops. Expert. Not expert, can, but knowledgeable. Can I not nose differently than you? <laughs> Apparently not. Use different I also descriptive get, words. I also get a juiciness, but I think that probably is from that, that Northern Brewer in Hallertop. Oh, yeah. But anyway, back to what we're doing. Uh, you want me to start? Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to go through my overrated styles and I, i've got mine ranked i know you may not have done that this time i don't know but i'm going with my number five overrated style you are going to be like what the hell bourbon barrel stouts oh no, no, no yes no, 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 yes they are no, 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 no. and here's why no. they're overrated because i can only think of 10 truly great ones and i've probably had easily a couple hundred Everybody wants to do one, and everybody needs to have one at some point during the year at their brewery. But you're not making it good. You're not doing a good job with it. But they're Give not me, bad. Yes, they they just taste like a barrel. Some. They do. They taste like a high alcohol barrel. All right. Give me something with balance. Give me something like the the, the wicked weed beer we had a little bit ago. You know. Give me something like that with some balance, some beer flavor with a barrel. A lot of bourbon barrel stouts don't get that. That's because they're very generic when they go in the barrel. Oh, I agree. That's what I'm saying. That's an overrated style because it used to be when I saw that style, I was like, oh, I need to buy that. Right. You got to get your version of it, yeah. But there's only a few really good ones. It's just over. It's an overrated style. Not the beers that, like the beers that popped into your head when I said it. I'm not talking about those beers. I'm talking about the other 120 you've forgotten that we even tried. True, we have had a lot. Yeah, because I mean, it's it, I love stout. You love stout. We love bourbon barrel shit. So we drink a lot of them. But how many of them can we really say are amazing? How many of them are four point five or better? Well, how many of any styles four point five or better? I agree, and that and I guess that that's true. But how many how many other styles have we had that many of? Probably not a lot, because a lot of our bottle shares and stuff are usually stouts. Well, we go high ABV. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just that's just my number five. When I really got to thinking about it, I think that style's overrated. Well, I guess my number five <laughs> is the American Sour. Okay. I. Okay. I, I think that that is completely overrated. I, I don't understand there's breweries that only do sours, or there's breweries that dedicate a different brewery uh, in the same town as is Wicked, Wicked Weed to, to nothing but sours. And there's people, different clientele, by the way, seems to be, that go to these places and they drink sours. And I agree. They're overpriced. Yes. They have very little alcohol. Most of them. Most, right. We've had a couple, but yeah. most. And, I mean, I guess you could play with them a lot, do the, everything that you can put in them, uh, different fruits and whatnot. But no. Well, and, and I will say that... Are you just saying any sour made in America? I, I guess I'm 
not counting in like the Belgian sours we've had and stuff okay. that I think are better. I agree, and and I'll I'll be talking. That's about why that I later. said American sours. I'm just thinking about those American. Okay. Because I, I would put anything with Brett in there, but that's just my personal preference. Because I don't like Brett, the, the Brettomyces bacteria they use in a lot of sours. I don't like that. But I don't even have that on my list. I'm just saying that I don't particularly like that style, and I do think it's overrated. But enough people love it, maybe I can't say that. But, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying for sure. But, yeah, that's my five. Okay. My number four is the American Oktoberfest. I don't like your list anymore. <laughs> what? The American Oktoberfest? They, there's still a lot of good ones. There are a few good ones. There's, I'm saying, I, I was the, I, I approach this as, I'm looking at styles that almost every brewery does, but very few do it well, but everybody wants to fucking talk about them. And I had a, I had a great American Oktoberfest the other night. It was Two Roads. Their Oktoberfest. It was really good. We had another one on the show. I can't remember it now. But we had another really good Oktoberfest. But for those two that I've had this year, I've also had like seven that were not good at all. Well, it's it's a very generic style. I just have a soft spot for that particular well, style. And it's like, but it's like in America, they're like, we'll just make a really sweet amber ale, and that's a that's an Oktoberfest. Right. And then if you go get hold of a German Oktoberfest, you're like, nah, fuck y'all. <laughs> And so I, I'm not gonna. I, I don't. I'm trying not to mention breweries by name unless it's in a good way. So Two Roads, great Oktoberfest, well done on you all. But I did not care for most of the ones I had this year, hmm. and I, I probably had around eight or nine this season. We're at the end of the season now, though. Yeah, sadly yeah. enough. Yeah, because I do like like most like, of the time though. I just drank Spot because that's the best. it's the best one, so why would I drink anything there else? There are no better. Yeah, I had another one I really liked out of Germany, too, but the I forgot which one. Well, yeah. my number four, if you're done... Yeah, go ahead. Is, let me look at my list real quick. It's okay. uh, Kolsch. Okay, I, uh, I agree. I, I didn't put it on my list, but I agree. There's a lot of breweries that make them, because I'm assuming they're easy. They taste easy. I mean, they, but, but to me... Like, I ain't a big Pilsner drinker at all. I don't buy Pilsners. But I, I ballpark it the same as a Pilsner, except the Kolsch has no flavor. Whereas the Pilsner, <laughs> the Pilsner has a little bit. See, I've actually become quite a big Pilsner fan. And I, I will agree with you that Pilsner is kind of the same way of what the other beers I'm talking about. It probably should be on my list. I almost put Pilsner on mine. Then I remembered but, there's a Kolsch. Well, and I, I feel like... Uh, Kolsch is a dirty pilsner. It doesn't taste clean. The flavors aren't as um, well-rounded, well-put-together in a Kolsch. I would agree. I kind of wish I'd put that on my list. Well, uh, I guess all my thinking that I put into my list, like normal, you know, paid off. You put more time in it than you did your last list. <laughs> you haven't mentioned the American lager yet, which you put on your list twice last time. <laughs> Hat. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, my number three. Is that where I should go? Yeah, that's, all right. that's what's next. My number three is kind of a cop out, and I put novelty beer. That's broad. It is. And so I, I, I went in. Anything that just uses pounds of spice is just going for a super high IBU. That only their only advertisement is how high the ABV is. Those beer. Need to be chucked in the fucking well. Like they, tactical nuclear penguin? Sure. 
that we've never had. So yeah. No, but I mean, the yes. premise is amazing. But it's novelty. That's it what I'm novelty. getting at. And so it was stuffed inside a dead squirrel. Either yes. that or it was the other one. No, no, you're right. I'm pretty sure that was the one in the dead squirrel. Yeah. But either way, if you're a brewer, and I think I think ninety percent of brewers are really in this train of thought. Flavor should be your first, second, and third priority. Right. And then you can worry about getting some IBU claim or, or you know ABV claim or something like that. But a lot of a lot of breweries are just like, oh, this is 101 IBUs. Guilty as charged. I made a beer over 100 IBUs just to see if I could. And it was a good beer, actually. It worked out well. But honestly, I was making it for the novelty. <laughs> but I just, I, I buy them. I'm, oh, yeah. I mean, they market them well. But we we had a beer one time. Do you remember? The, the name of the brewery and the name of the beer were very hard to find on the label because the only thing we could find on the label was 15% in giant <laughs> numbers. <laughs> It was a foreign beer as well, which is even more disturbing that this is a phenomenon not just in America. But yeah, that is awful. And so uh, I think that would be why it made my list. And it is vague, I agree, that I probably could have been more specific. But, you know, any brewery that's like, oh, we use two pounds of cinnamon per barrel in this beer is like, oh, so it's going to taste like fucking cinnamon and nothing else. Right. Awesome. All right. Let's let's get ready for your for your number three. So my number three, Goza. Okay, I uh, don't a hundred percent disagree there. Yeah, Goza to me from the ones I've had, if I wanted salty beer, <laughs> I drink a margarita. I'd be better off, would I not? That's not beer. They no no, but they put salt in it. They put <laughs> salt. In it. I don't want salt in my beer. Okay, but not liking a beer and it being overrated. Those are two different things. That's a, I don't I think it's an overrated beer style. I okay because yeah. it doesn't have any flavor to it other than salt and that's, sour. That's why they're all fruited. Let's be honest. That, that, that's that, why they almost every goza on the market now is super fruited, because you're right. You're not gonna like the flavor if they don't add the fruit. But but even then it seems to be subtle like key lime and stuff like that. Key lime goza. No, I've had one or two gozas I've actually enjoyed. Oh. Um, but it, I mean that's that could be said for any of these styles on my list because yeah I, I put novelty beer in my number three but that's what gingerbread stout is and we talk about it every fucking episode now. right so uh, I, I do get what you're saying though that that is that is a style that I mean it blew the market apart and it's low ABV it doesn't take a lot of time to sour I guess. so any brewery can do it and so that I think that's why it saturated the market so quickly, and it's still popular. My wife loves gozas. It's pointless. She loves it when she's mowing the lawn. That's all she wants is a goza. Does the salt not dehydrate her? I don't know. I don't. That's science. Fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, that's my number three. Fuck that style. Okay. All right. My number two, milkshake IPAs. Hmm. And I mentioned this before on the show that it's not that I don't like that style i enjoy that beer one i feel like everybody's trying to do one without taking the time to make it their own to do something cool with it and you're already making a pretty unique ipa why not go a little step further and i'm not saying add in two pounds of cinnamon like a novelty beer would i'm just saying you know do a little more with it and 
think it's a waste of hops. And I stand by that. I've had I've said that on the show before, and I've had people say, no, no, you wouldn't get those same flavors if they didn't use all those hops. I disagree. You could make it a pale ale. We are drinking this Icelandic pale ale right now. Mm-hmm. You could do the lactose and maybe a little bit more on the dry hop, and you would get the flavor of milkshake IPA. I, I have no doubt. And I just I also think that a lot of that covers up your IPA itself. It does. So that if you are making a shitty IPA, you could be like, oh, I'm going to add lactose and a bunch of hops to it mm-hmm. late. And I'll make a milkshake IPA or fruit it all the shit. And now nobody will know that my technique is terrible. I've only had four or five and I ain't that big on them. I, I hope it's a passing fad. I, th- I think it is. I think it's already on on the way out. I really think the new thing coming on in beer is, is more session type beers. Not session IPAs. Like that was that was a huge thing I know, but I'm talking about like pilsners, lagers, that kind of thing. Mm. You know, things that are around four or five percent that you can sit around and have two of hanging out with a buddy, and then still go play golf or whatever. Not that we fucking play golf. We've tried. That's awful. <laughs> it, it does not go well. I'm sorry. I stepped on the dog's tail. So, what number are we at now for me? <laughs> I think we're on your number two. Well, to segue from yours to mine, Vienna loggers. Okay. For for the same, uh, for, well, what you're talking about, how people are moving to to the four and five percent beers and stuff, and that's one of them. Yeah. But they don't have taste. They don't have depth. And for me, for me, if I'm going to pay the money for a craft beer six pack, it ain't gonna be for a Vienna lager. That's pointless. And I I understand. And there are quite a few breweries that make a Vienna lager. Yes. And, I'm going to go one step further with you. Uh, I don't think any of them taste similar. And so I'm still not 100% sure what a Vienna lager is supposed to taste like. No, and I'll tell you, I would have just said lagers, but I like oh, yeah. regular lagers. Oh, yeah. So I'm not... There are several just, good lagers and good American lagers. Right. Now, which is something new because American lager used to be shit. But, uh, yeah, we got good American lagers too, but you're right... That I've thought about this before, that I don't know what a Vienna lager is supposed to taste like. Right. And, and so, we have a very local brewery that's popular for their Vienna lager. Very lager. much so, yeah. That's, that's, their, that's their flagship. Yeah. And so uh, I, we, I really need to like get online and look up what is the definitive Vienna lager. Like we've talked about how the, the, um, the Benedictine wit, wit was the is the be-all, end-all. That and Hogarden are the be-all, end-all wit beers. You know, and so that's a good gauge for any time we try another wit beer. I want to know what the be-all, end-all of Vienna Lager is so I can try it and say, okay, I just don't like this style or this is really good. All of those others are awful mm-hmm. because I, I just don't know. And I, I know that several of them that we've had before are very highly touted and rated, which makes me think yep. I may just not like that particular beer. Right. So I, that that actually might need a little more research to go with it. I can see that. Damn, we're already our number one, Stephen. What is your number one? I'll run back through. My number five was Bourbon Barrel Stouts. Number four was American Oktoberfest. Number three was Novelty Beer in general. <clears throat> Number two was milkshake IPAs, and my number one is kettle sours. Really? Yes, sir. The, if I go into a brewery and you're advertising your sour section and it's all kettle sours, I'm going to say, okay, you don't know how to fucking make a sour. 
Because sours, even though they're not my favorite thing, we've had some very good ones. And they take skill. Even Gozas take a little skill. Unless they're kettle sour Gozas. But kettle sours don't take a lot of finesse. Because basically, you're covering up your flavors before you even know if your beer's any fucking good. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, if you understand the process, it takes no skill. And I just, I think that is the most overrated style. And people have gone crazy for them. And it's it's quick. So it takes no time, no commitment. And yet to the make price it is sour. so high. Oh, yeah. Well, kettle sours usually are cheaper. You can usually get those in six packs. Really? Yeah. And a lot of Gozas are kettle sours. They are, they are, they are kettle soured. And, I mean, what do you expect? If they're mass produced, you got to get them out the door quickly. True. But maybe the salt goes well with that style i don't know i'm not i'm not big on gozas either i've had very few and usually usually i look for gozas that are pretty high priced because i'm like okay this has to be made in the sour style (laughs) but yeah that is that's my number one which actually now i kind of wish i'd put american oktoberfest further up but oh well (laughs) well I would recount, you know, count down on my list, but I altered mine as I went. Okay. So I don't know, even know what the point of writing these things down is. Kosh sucks. That's the sum up of Steve. Kosh sucks. But I have a brand new number one that I thought of as we're talking. That's why I didn't interject much on your last one. So I got a, a brand. It's gonna throw you off too. Okay. Number one, Russian Imperial Stouts. What? Specifically Russian Imperial Stouts. Okay. Go on. I think if you take an American stout and a Russian Imperial, yeah, they're about the same price, yeah, roughly. Now Russian Imperial may be a dollar or two cheaper. Russian Imperials are very simple tasting to me. I, I've had some really bad ones. Taste chalky. Taste black licorice. They don't. There, there's not a lot going on with a Russian Imperial, but there is an American stout. And I. I can't appreciate that. I think Russian Imperials and, and like an English stout or it's a beefed up English stout, really. Um, and, and so I, I, I can understand that. They do have similar ends to their tasting. And I'll go one better that I don't think they're as versatile. You can't they're do, not. You can't do things with it. They're not. Like you could an American stout. Right. And, and, and that's, that's why I think or that's even a, like, Or even a traditional English stout. Right. They're more versatile than a Russian Imperial. But I've, I've not... I'm a big fan of dark beers. I love stouts. Sure. Russian Imperials, I've, I've had very few that I, I that's worth the price. Yeah. Definitely wouldn't rate it a four or five and stuff like what we were talking about. But, um, yeah, I, I would go for that. I'll tell you, I, and I wasn't going to mention beer by name, but I, I, this one's a good one, so I will. Um, I don't know if you ever had it. Wolf Hills, way back on a previous brewer they had, did, made a Russian Imperial stout aged in Jim Beam barrels, and it was called Jim Beam versus the USSR. Oh, no. Which is, A, a good name. Yeah. And that was an amazing Russian imperial. Hmm. Uh, but the others are, even Stone, who I've talked about that I don't always love their beer, but I always buy it because it's always marketed well, it's always packaged well, right. draws your eye to it, and more often than not, it is good. Their Russian imperial isn't as good as some of their others. Mm-hmm. They have better stouts. Now, if you can find it at the bar for $3 a can on happy hour, buy the shit out yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad beer style or nothing, but no. it's, it's relatively generic. And that, that's what I was saying about a lot of mine. Like, yeah. 
Milkshake IPAs, we drank some on the show and I liked. Mm-hmm. But they're overrated. Yeah. Bourbon barrel stouts are the same way. We're getting ready to have a, a bourbon barrel stout here in a minute. I have a feeling we're going to crack one open here in a minute. Yep. And I will enjoy it even if it's not top notch. Right. But on the whole, <laughs> uh, those are overrated. Yep. I was about to ask you how you would rank this beer. But what what did you think of the Icelandic beer before we sign off? It's it's all right. I I I, I wouldn't buy a six pack of it. No, I think it's very well balanced. I, when I got to Iceland, I really thought their beer would be more for cold weather. Right. And I know everybody's like, oh well, Iceland's actually really green and Greenland's really icy. Yeah, I know. I fucking went there, motherfuckers. But that doesn't mean it's not fucking cold all year long. I was there in June. And it was fucking cold. <laughs> all right. So. Their beer needs to be a little hardier, if you ask me. Yep. Now, that said, I did text you when I accidentally ordered a beer at the airport. We were flying to London, and it was like 8 a.m., yeah. and Miranda and I were like, hey, let's grab a beer real quick. We got an hour till the plane leaves. And so I saw one was on sale for cheap, and nothing's cheap in Iceland. So I was like, fuck it, I'll get that. And it was 11%. <laughs> Early morning, 11% stouts. That's how you get your day going, right? That was right. But it was like it was like the equivalent of six bucks here, and at the airport, which is crazy anyway. But also, Iceland is expensive because everything's imported. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know why I decided to talk about that to sign off. But anyway, if you find Einstock, grab you a can. Mm-hmm. If you got some uh, like a couple buddies coming over, buy the whole six pack, two a piece. You can do that, and the price isn't bad. It's it no it, it's it's a very fair price. I mean, yeah. it's on par with the uh, yeah. pale ale's hair. I will say their white ale I thought was their best beer. Huh. Yeah, Einstock White is amazing. So anyway, nothing to do with anything. I'm John. I'm Stephen. Uh, we're the Sluggard Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Sluggard P, on Facebook Sluggard Podcast. Reach us out to us through email at jk.rtcbrew at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers.